so significantly in America's foreign energy policy. As yet, no senior official in Washington has cited this as a reason for invading Iraq. To do so would be to eliminate whatever remaining credibility the Bush administration has in Europe and the Middle East. It could also provoke opposition in the U.S. among those who question the sacrifice of blood for oil. But there can be no doubt that the White House, made up as it is of former oil company officials, is aware of the oil situation in Iraq and the problems this will pose to successful realization of the administration's long-term energy strategy. Only by occupying Iraq and choosing its new government can the U.S. be certain that these problems will be overcome. Especially now that they threw a monkey wrench in there with an Afghan oil pipeline, you know. Damn it. At this point, it's impossible for outsiders to know what exactly is driving the administration's campaign to oust Saddam Hussein. No doubt many factors are involved, some strategic, some as actually justified in this instance, can only be determined if there's a frank and open discussion of U.S. policy toward Iraq. Surely such a discussion is called for before we place the lives of our servicemen and women at risk, writes Michael T. Clare on Salon.com. And don't call me Shirley, he said. 26 after 11 at 560 WQAM on a really bizarre Friday. That's all I can tell you. As soon as we heard that drilling downstairs, we should have known. Time to bail out. Time to get out for Columbus Day. Some Make up some story. 274 votes. The Tone O'Neill Show. It makes no difference where he is. 122. The Tone sucks. We want the callers back. 112. 41% want the callers back. Do you believe that? No. Uh, it's best from the money. Show is from Miami, 21. Best from Toronto, 14. And best from Amsterdam, 3. I guess they missed that show. From Amsterdam. 26 after 11 at 560 WQAM. Am I in the right hour? Oh, yeah, I am in the right hour. You know, we all have different lifestyles, therefore we need different products to make us feel better and be healthier. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil with vitamins and minerals, herbals, and other nutrients scientifically designed to provide natural nutrient solutions to help you support specific health needs. Look for Oleomed's three new formulas, which are sleep, weight management, and coenzyme Q10, CoQ10. All using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. Oleomed's an outstanding new product. It's available at Publix, Eckerd's, and Walgreens. For more info, call Oleomed toll-free, 1-866-OLEOMED. You can also order Oleomed online at oleomedamerica.com. And if you visit your nearest Publix and purchase an Oleomed product in Broward or Dade counties, you'll receive a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead dial while supplies last. And who wouldn't want at least a dozen of those? Don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sports Town every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing home games, too. Pick up free Oleomed samples and product information. Start feeling healthy right now. Get some Oleomed and start popping it into your puss today. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. And it's I am a pussy. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jimmy and Danny. Uh, Jimmy and Danny. Danny and Jimmy and Danny and Jimmy and Jimmy and Danny and Jimmy Danny and Jimmy Jimmy and Jimmy and Jimmy and Miramar, hello. Oh, yeah, can you hear me okay? I got a question about Go ahead. Jimmy and Danny situation. Oh, yeah, uh, Jimmy and Danny. 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 Jimmy and Danny, Jimmy and David Woodley, Jimmy and Danny, 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 Jimmy and 
Request, by the way, and that's one of the great bits you'll find. Not only Mo bits on there, but Restitution Song and uh, Danny and Jimmy on the new Bull Brian CD. Restitution and, and uh, Mo bits Volume 1, which you can buy on NeilRogers.com. You can click on it right now and purchase maybe the greatest CD in the history of the human race. That's what everybody in the building is saying, uh-huh. except maybe Mo and uh, Gildy. That Gildy, man, I'll tell you, I don't know what to do about that, Sean. I don't know. Eh. 286 votes on there. The Tone O'Neill Show, it makes no difference where he is, 127. The Tone sucks. We want the callers back, 115, a little over 40%. It's best from Miami. Like right now, when he's in Miami, does it sound technically any different than I'm sitting here? No. Oh. 23. Best from... See, it would seem to me that it would sound better when I'm in Toronto because I'm in a much better frame of mind and better mood, at least if these last two days are any barometer. Maybe they don't like that. See, that's the old crowd again. They likes me to be pissed off and fired up. They don't want me to be so mellow. Best from Miami, 23. Best from Toronto, 16. Best from Amsterdam, 3. Those are the ones that heard that show that day. Hey, listen, don't blame me. I can't help it if I was a sick child all summer long, okay? Now, what, what is this? Tobacco, uh, smoke, and vote. Uh, get out of here. Don't be propagandizing to me about uh, protecting uh, secondhand smoke. Blow it out your ass, okay? I'm sitting here smoking a big, fat stogie, and if anybody don't like it, too bad. Too stinking bad, all you non-smoking fanatics. Smoking's bad for you, but this business about becoming militant about it, you make me sick. So don't be sending me stuff. Vote yes. And then he said, like, all these people that want to manipulate what I, uh, I'm saying on the ear here ain't going to happen, baby. I've seen most of you, and believe me, you're not manipulating this kid. And what I say either. Study. Israel leads in ignoring Security Council resolutions. Israel holds the record for ignoring United Nations Security Council resolutions, according to a study by San Francisco University political science professor Stephen Zunas. On the eve of a possible U.S.-British assault on Iraq, Zunas decided to examine in depth one of the main arguments used by the Bush administration to justify changing the Baghdad regime, Iraq's deliberate refusal to implement U.N. Security Council resolutions. He systematically went through all the states given instructions by the Security Council to find out how common the phenomenon was. His results were somewhat surprising. Some of the countries are considered and are known to be friendly to the U.S., he told Haaretz yesterday in Israel paper. In the vast majority of cases I examined, the governments violating U.N. Security Council resolutions are countries that receive significant military, diplomatic, and financial aid from the U.S. of A. Israel leads that list. Since 1968, Israel has violated 32 resolutions that included condemnation or criticism of the government's policies and actions. Turkey is in second place with 24 violations since 1974, and Morocco is in third with 17 resolutions it be ignoring. 
Newsday newspaper published their ranking yesterday, but Zuna said he did not rank the states and claimed it was newspaper that came up with the grades. According to Zunas, out of some 1,500 U.N. security resolutions passed since 1947, 90 were openly, blatantly, and continually violated without the governments being held accountable for their actions. Zunas specifically avoided counting resolutions that are vague or unclear so that the governments could claim different interpretations to the meaning of the resolutions. Thus, the famous U.N. Security Council resolutions 242 and 338 are not even included in this study. He also didn't count resolutions that only included condemnations. Instead, he focused on those that included specific calls for changes in the subject government policies. The resolutions Israel violated were either about its annexation of East Jerusalem or settlements in the territories. Israel also secured UN, or ignored rather, U.N. Security Council resolutions that called for Israel to cease urging harsh measures against the Palestinian population and to cease expelling Palestinians. In response, Israel's deputy chief of mission at the U.N., Aaron Yaakov, said yesterday that there are big differences between the decisions that refer to Israel and those that refer to Iraq. Israel is the only democracy in the region and is fighting for its existence, while Iraq is a brutal dictatorship that attacked its neighbors and violates human rights, including the use of chemical weapons against its own citizens, he said. Oh, well, in that case. In that case, then uh, that makes it kosher, right. I guess. It's a brutal democracy. By the way, speaking of uh, kosher, Rudy Giuliani says, all you greaseballs out there, get over the Sopranos. Repeat after Rudy. This is on CNN.com. Repeat after Rudy. It's just a television show. It's just a television show. Former Mayor Rudy Giuliani weighed in yesterday whether cast members of HBO's The Sopranos should march in the Columbus Day Parade and the ex-prosecutors on the side of the television mob, it says. Of course, we know his name ends in a vowel. I'm a big Sopranos fan, Giuliani told reporters. The show is a terrific show, and I'd urge some Italian-Americans to be less sensitive. You can spend your whole life wanting to be, waiting to be insulted, wanting to be. Why would you want to be insulted? His comments came a day after Mayor Michael Bloomberg drew criticism from parade organizers for inviting Dominic Cianese, who plays Tony Soprano's Uncle Junior, on the show, and Lorraine Bracco, who plays psychiatrist Jennifer Melfi, to march in the city's annual celebration of Italian parade, pride, whatever. I think we'll all get beyond it when we just relax more about it, Giuliani said. It's just a show. Now, isn't that the day when they, like, all the streets in New York get, like, slabbed with olive oil? They smear it on up and down all the streets? Gallons, barrels of it. Parade organizers dislike the Sopranos because they say it's a little more than a negative caricature of Italian-American life. The Columbus Citizens Foundation, which planned the event, previously has turned down requests for Sopranos actors to participate. <coughs> oh, those stogies will kill you, man. What did I tell you? No smoking. Oh, get a little champion light in me. I didn't invite them as members of the... Well, I said that yesterday. We had that. Larry Ariana, president of the foundation, said the show perpetuates negative stereotypes. Beside the whole crime element, it shows Italo-Americans as uneducated, low-life brutes, he said. Giuliani disagreed. <coughs> Rudy says, I don't think we should feel sorry for ourselves. Italian-Americans have this thing they have to deal with where people may have some prejudices because of the mafia, which they shouldn't have. But Giuliani said he can't march in the parade because he'll be in California signing copies of his new book, Leadership and Campaigning for Bill Simon, a Republican candidate for governor. You see what an egotistical little prick he is? He swings open the door there, ta-da, like we're supposed to have a, a, a drum roll. Now, don't play any uh, ta-da, okay, for the beast, okay? Because I heard the real reason he got kicked off that morning show. What did he say? He's unprofessional. He, he's unprofessional is what I hear. He's unprofessional. He's not a broadcaster. He doesn't belong in there. I don't want him talking on my show. You got it? Get him out of there. Let him do the updates, and that's the end of that. Do not let him be on my show, goddammit. Gildy, I'm going to cut your balls off and then fire your ass, too. Yeah, he was out in the hallway this morning, Gildy. Not, not, it was kind of a chilly reception I got after all this time I've been away. Haven't seen him in a dog's age. I saved a guy's job for him, even with his squeaky of voice. Even after the way he tried to stab Jugs McDonald in the back there and go after his job there in a radio play-by-play -play job. Okay, the beast is now this deserves a drum roll this part. See, I agree with that. 
Beast is getting on the scale, ladies and gentlemen. Balance for life. Is he in balance or out of balance? Most is he's unbalanced. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Which, what was it last week? The note's right there. Oh. Uh, three pounds. Oh. All right. So he lost back the two pounds he had gained back and another uh, whatever. 228 and a half. Don't forget to update it. We'll lose track. See, you're another one. He's telling me what to do now. Don't you think I'm capable of writing that on there and of chewing gum and sitting here squeezing my ass at the same time? Don't you think I can do that? I don't know. Let's see. And listening to all that drilling and hammering going on around. I, I can handle it. And taking a few calls, two while we're at it. Let's take a few calls. It's a carpet thing downstairs. That's what's going I, on. I don't give a crap what it is. I don't care what they're doing. It is so unacceptable and so freaking outrageous. I'm going to call my good friend President Bush and have him do something about it. I'm going to call uh, Condoleezza is what I'm going to do if he don't cut the crap out. That's Schwarza. So 228 and a half, the beast is lost. He started 289. Is that correct? 284. And see, I'm pretty good at math. Now, let's see. 56 and a half pounds is what it is, right? 55 and a half. Let's not get too carried away. 284 and 228 and a half. And since you haven't seen him in a while, can't you tell? No. The dif- no? He yeah, used to be of perfectly course round. I can tell the difference. I don't. I mean, am I some kind of a moron? Yes. <laughs> hey, don't put him on the air, whatever you do. Okay, he's unprofessional. He's a little uh, Schmidt disturber. I love eating nuts. And he uh, consorts with those guys that I met. They show that jizz guzzler and that uh, little uh, guava eating spick. He consorts with them. So don't, whatever you do, put him on the goddamn air, okay? Don't ever put him on my show again or you're fighting Okay, Gildy? You suckhole. And don't be talking to that fat uh, juice slob in the hallway either, okay? Because it'll get back to me. Yeah, we got a real deal going on in this place, boys and girls. I'll tell you, man. So nice going there. The beast uh, came back. And tell your parents no more goddamn cruises, okay? Tell them next time they schlep your uh, fat ass on a cruise, you're going to throw them both overboard. Just leave the checkbook, that's all. Throw their ass overboard. Here this guy is working and done a, a damn good job over all these months. And you know what that reminds me of? During the break, I'm going to put my shrooms in the uh, microwave, my snack. I'm going to have my lunch. Because I'm back on Balance for Life myself. And next week, all next week on Channel 4 on that uh, on the 5 and 6 o'clock news, they're doing those series on different diets. They're doing Atkins this week. Next week, Balance for Life. Maybe they can have the beast on there. What do you say? Don't put him on there. He's unprofessional. Don't be putting him on television, goddammit. In fact, we can have the beast wearing Moe's wig. I think that would be that would be something. I, I would tune in to watch that special. I'd tape it. Get a 90 share. The beast wearing Moe's piece. 18 till noon at 560 WQM. Is there still anybody out there who's not plunging their lungs at VIPSportsbook.com? I feel bad if that's the case. Let me tell you, you're missing out on a really great sportsbook. That's what Gary Sarner says, and you know about Gary. He's an asshole. You hear a lot of ads these days, but you need to do some research before you plunk your cash down at some unstable third-world sportsbook. Let me help you out. VIPSportsbook.com is the only book to be unanimously endorsed by the industry watchdogs. They're Dutch-based, like in a real country with real living and breathing cheap people, and one of the first online sportsbooks ever. So if you want to go on the roll of a lifetime, if you're hoping to anyway, you want to be at that time of the best sports book out there, VIPSportsbook.com, so you know you're going to wind up with your cash. And, of course, with the football swinging big time and the Hurricanes play another girls' school, FSU, this weekend, uh, and all the other games going on, you want to be with the best, like I said, VIPSportsbook.com. Open an account online and get yourself a 15% cash sign-up bonus. And did I mention they got the highest parlay odds you'll find anywhere on the face of the globe up to 2001. So before Armageddon strikes, get that plunging in while it's hot. Get over to VIPSportsbook.com. Come and play at a book with some real class. Call toll-free to sign up at 1-866-VIP-BETS. 
That's 1-866-VIP-BETS. Or get that 15% cash bonus by signing up online at VIPSportsbook.com, where you be the VIP. Live, Live and local. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. You know, the guy that uh, got shot at that mobile, at that Exxon station, I'm sorry. Well, same difference now, Exxon and mobile. The guy that uh, got shot? He died? Yes. So we got another uh, dead person shot by a crazy-ass sniper there in Fredericksburg, Maryland. And I didn't see the press conference. Did I miss it, or has he just not come out yet, the Moose Man, Mr. Moose? Hadn't I seen saw it? something, but it looked the same as it did every other day, and I'm sure he wasn't going to say anything. Did he have his antlers on? Well, he never says anything. Except when a kid got shot, and he said, now you've crossed the line, you know. And I, and I looked the next day in the paper, the ages of the different, there was one young woman who was like in her early 20s, 23 or 4, and then there was that 72-year-old woman. And I keep asking myself, I don't, I don't understand that. I just don't get that. Their lives weren't worth as much. I see. Officials say tanker likely attacked off Yemen. You know, like I told you before, they keep changing their story. First, we knew it was a, a terrorist attack, and then, well, uh, let's not say that. A fiery explosion aboard that French oil tanker in the Arabian Sea resulted from an attack on the ship. U.S. and French officials concluded yesterday the Americans said it was an act of terrorism most likely carried out by people with links to al-Qaeda. Investigators from France, Yemen, and the United States have been trying to determine what caused the blaze Sunday in the Limburg that killed one crew member and sent 90,000 barrels of oil pouring into the Gulf of Aden. It's become clear that it's an act of terrorism, a U.S. intelligence official in Washington said yesterday, on the condition, of course, of anonymity. 
Al-Qaeda were considered an oil tanker an economic target, the official said. Recent statements from Al-Qaeda leaders would have suggested attacks on economic targets are imminent. The attack bears a number of similarities to the suicide boat strike on USS Cole in October 2002, the official said. And we say to that, no Schmidt. Wow. How do you like that? It bears a striking similarity. I mean, are we sharp or what? Are we on top of it? Kind of like been there, done that, seen it. How many votes we got on that poll now, on the tone of the show? I don't know. I think we're finally getting back in the swing of it here, a little bit, after a very hesitant start this morning with all that drilling going on on the floor. 320 votes. The tone of the uh, Neil show is, it makes no difference where he does the show, from 142. The tone sucks. We want the callers back, 131, about 41%. That's way up from what it used to be, by the way. So do we believe it? Not necessarily. No. Well, I took some calls. Don't you think I took enough? That one guy got me all right. uh, pissed off and fired up. Take. Huh? Yeah. Of course, he wanted to talk about hockey. Not. He wanted to talk about as much about hockey as Mo wants to talk about hockey. That's right. Not. Because he doesn't know anything about it. And he's too goddamn lazy to go there. He makes one uh, one appearance. Last season, toward the end of the season, they gave him a freebie to come there, of course, and wined and dined and, you know, kissed his toes, kissed his ring. Sat around for one period, making an appearance, showing his presence, and then got up and hauled ass. That's it. Lazy. Lazy and old. And, of course, when you get to be that age, I guess you become lazier, you know, when you get to be in your 70s. Uh, the tone sucks. We want the callers back. 131, 41%. It's best when it's from Miami. Like, right now, 25. Man, is it good or what? I don't I don't see, you know. Well, you're more aggravated. Oh, well, yeah, you're right about that. Best from Toronto, 16. That's what I voted. And best from Amsterdam, 4. Now, why would that be? I, I don't know. Well, that's Donors? right. I forgot. You can't get that good weed in uh, Toronto. Right. Can you? Yeah, you can. Kuwaiti group planned more attacks. The two Kuwaitis who attacked U.S. Marines this week were part of a group that planned more assaults on the Americans, an interior ministry official said today. However, no connection with Osama, Yamama bin Laden's al-Qaeda terror network has been established yet, the official said on condition of anonymity. Questioning of some 60 suspects and eyewitnesses since Tuesday's shooting that killed one Marine injured another had led to a cell of around 15 people that was headed by Anus Al-Kandari. There he is again, famous Anus. One of the attackers, the official said. Well, we sure like his cookies, though. In fact, let's just go blow his brains out and then we'll steal his cookies. Al-Kandari, 21, and his 26-year-old cousin, Jassim Al-Hajiri, both Muslim extremists who trained and fought in Afghanistan, drove up and opened fire on the Marines, taking a break from urban assault training on the island of Falika, Falaka, 10 miles off the coast. Well, we know that. We know it. And then they keep, they keep waffling back and forth. Not that they don't tell us the truth, of course. You do understand that, don't you? Sure. Good. White van seen bumping vehicles leaving the scene of that shooting in uh, Fredericksburg. A white van again. Now, do you think the white van is probably headed out I-95 right now? I don't know. You think they got a radio with, a like, a news station on there in that van? Oh, you think they got any more of those cute tarot cards? See, when they find that white van, I mean, I don't want to get to be one of these uh, violent people, one of these angry, but, you know, I just blow their crap away right now. You know, just find the van and kill them. Maybe they'll resist. Oh, good. We can only hope. Ah, damn it. It looked like they were going to resist. Oh, the wrong van? Well, <laughs> oh. so I think that's a good lesson for all you people out there. Don't be filling up, uh, again. don't be pumping your gas. Don't be pumping no ethyl at, uh, at a station near the highway, right? Right. Although, of course, it's all confined up in that area so far. So far. So far, so bad. Passenger with box cutters pleads to lesser charge and will return to Bulgaria. 
I guess that's a fate worse than you. That's a good punishment. A Bulgarian law student who attempted to board a plane in Atlantic City last month with two box cutters and scissors struck a plea agreement yesterday that calls for him to leave the country. <laughs> good. Went and doubt ship him out. Nikolay V. Zonet. What is that? That's a box cutter. Oh. Zonev, 21, pleaded guilty to knowingly and willfully violating airport rules. Under the agreement with prosecutors, he was sentenced to five years probation in order to leave the country. Zonev had been charged with attempting to board a plane with a concealed weapon, which carries a penalty of up to ten years in federal prison. If you missed uh, the call earlier on the show when we were taking some really neat calls, not, we had some asshole that called in and said, Oh, yeah, well, you know, those calls really get ponderous, and, hey, we got things changing now. It's hockey season, and, uh, you know, plus, it gets really ponderous every day hearing all these stories about Bush did this. Just a bush looker, man, a professional bush looker who's, who thinks that he can call and influence me and tell me what I'm going to talk about on this show, like I'm going to lay off these fascist bastards in Washington. You can hold your breath real long and hard on that one, baby. Somebody's got to open up a mouth. Jesus, Kate Cray, and that's why I do read these comes because they're all from people who have the balls to open up a mouth and tell it like it is, instead of goose-stepping the goddamn party line. Al-Qaeda tapes prompt FBI warning. Now, I read this, but I don't know what color we're under today. Do you? Yellow. Are you sure? Yes. How do you know that? I saw a thing. It was yellow? Yeah. Maybe it was Moe's hairpiece. It's comedian, you know. It changes by the day. <laughs> Certain day, yeah. The FBI's warning state and local authorities that recent taped statements by al-Qaeda leaders may signal that another attack on the U.S. has been approved. CBS News National Security correspondent Dave Martin reports that al-Qaeda's got a track record of releasing statements by its leaders just before major attacks like the Afrikun embassy bombings in 1998. The White House said yesterday there were no plans to raise the terror alert level because of the al-Zawari tape, reports CBS News correspondent John Roberts. It is presently at yellow. See, just like I just said. It's presently a yellow, significant risk because officials don't have any specific information detailing where and when an attack may occur. Yellow is the third highest level of five threats. Let's see, we got yellow and then what? Orange and red. Right? I know my yes. colors, man. That's why I read USA Today a lot, because I know my colors. But what's below the yellow? Um, green would be uh, at the bottom. No, blue is at the bottom. Code blue is at the bottom? Green's the next one down. But I thought we just had code blue in Virginia. No, I think green is at the bottom. And if you got code blue in the hospital and you got somebody dying over here. Green you know is at the bottom. You're right. Dying. Uh-huh. Hey, you know something? You better know your color. I'm going to get the bridge tender on oh, your right. ass because you sure don't know your colors, mister. Idiotic. Yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? You better get with it. Yeah, I like the tone of the show better here, you know, because I get much more aggravated. I like the tone of these corn chips I got from Balance for Life. I'm going to like the tone of those uh, damn shrooms I got in there, those uh, whatever the hell they were. I forget what it said on the air. All the food I've had has been magnificent. I had the Mongolian beef the other day. Oh, that's the best. Mm. In spite of the broccoli. Man. And, of course, you know the kind of idiot that invented Mongolian beef. A Mongol? A Mongolian idiot. It's 11.56 at 5.60 WQM. 337 votes on the poll. Let's get that Boca Bryan CD up to 100 CDs sold by the end of the week, okay? Quit just downloading and uh, stealing it. We know what you're up to. We know the kind of crap that you assholes pull. You cheap bastards, you. What's, how much is he charging for? Fifteen bucks? Well, worth, well worth it at ten times the price. Let's get with it. Anybody that wouldn't want all those Mobits, my God, enough to make you crap your pants. It's your work for Mo, I'll tell you that. Looked like he had uh, another one of them London broils in his pants this morning. Hey, Pompano Park is doing it this weekend, baby. Post time tonight for Live Racing 715. And, uh, or just maybe a boil, not a, a broil. Big, big boil. Of course, when you get raped that often, I guess you do get boils on your ass. You know what? 7.15 post time on uh, Friday and Saturday, including tonight. Free, for the first time in the 40-year history of the track, there will be free clubhouse and grants that admission all season long. 
And as always, see, this is another reason I hate being back here. i got to watch this idiot over there with a red in the face, crawling or bouncing off the table in there. Just calm down. There's nothing so funny. When you get to be in your 80s, you'll have uh, brown stains in your pants, too, like Mo. In fact, based on the number of craps you take every day, in about a week you pray. In fact, when you see that the contract don't show up. Talk about old General Yellowstain. There are two new wagers this season. Come play the Super Super with a $10,000 bonus payout. Or, or try with one of the two pick four wagers at Pompano Park. Are they going to start that crap again downstairs? they got another hour. Tonight is Sea Escape Night. There will be free prize drawings to win one of ten trips for two on the Sea Escape Casino Dinner Cruise Night or the second leg of the Sea Escape Pacing Series. Also on a program tonight at Pompano Park, the $50,000 standing stakes for two-year-old trotters. Tomorrow night, the $70,000 sales stakes for two-year-old pacers and the second leg of the fall debut pacing series. I see Kevin Wallace is back. How's it going, eh, Kevin? This is the last week Pompano Park will be open only two nights, because starting next week, Wednesday, October 16, Pompano Park will be open three nights a week for you, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, for your plunging pleasure. And the sixth floor di- top of the park dining room starts up on Wednesday with its great new menu, Fine Dining, and every night that we have live racing, which will be Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And, of course, simulcasting every day, seven days a week, and nights starting at noon. Pompano Park, where they're plunging uh, like crazy. Don't forget, post time tonight and every night, 7.15 p.m. Bye. And local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Well, uh, it be the 12 to 1 hour on WQAM. Hey, man. It's John Walker Lind, the American Taliban. <laughs> Let's just say, without getting into specifics, I'll be very happy when this year is finally over. I'm facing 20 years in prison. I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm a traitor. I'm even starting to deal with issues of abandonment with my parents. But that's not the worst of it, dude. Today, I pick up the paper, and they accuse me of, there's no delicate way to say this, snorkeling Pakistani weenus. They say I was the lover of some business dude named Kazar Hayat. I will say this, I'll remember this guy only slightly. I, I think I met him in Frisco while I was getting my high colonic. <laughs> yeah, you know, on a messy house when there's a chance of unexpected company. <laughs> but this whole thing is a real bailiwaggle, brah. After reading the story and answering four to five hundred phone calls with people asking me to give Cyclops a back rub, I finally realized this might be my father. Huh, or maybe it was me. I sure as hell couldn't do it now, though. I'm so freaking loaded with Zoloft, my compass is permanently pointing south. <laughs> I'm not ruling out the fact that I could be turned on by some man can. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't have checked this guy out in the shower, but you gotta remember, us Taliban, we didn't take showers, dude. I couldn't run from the stink of me fast enough. So, to surmise, not quite sure the story's accurate. Not quite sure it's not. Woohoo! It's 1204 at 560-WQM. How did we get so far behind? By the way, Rich Pactor, i got a message for you. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the message. How many times does he have to fax me the same thing? Until you read it. I, I was going to read it, and I'm going to read it. Although I will say this, I appreciate it, because I got this from several different people. The problem being that each copy I had, including the one he sent earlier, didn't come out right for whatever reason. Maybe the fax is like fixing itself, you think? Because I noticed the pages aren't pouring out of there anymore. I think Duff gave it that evil look. You know, he gave it the evil eye. Yeah. Anyway, and also, uh, Rich Pactor, quit uh, picking on poor Eric. 
He writes on here at the bottom, and Neil, tell Breakfast Burrito Boy that the title is the restitution song, not kissing N blank this morning, schmuck. You can write nigger on there, okay? I mean, what? No, I, I, evidently he must have put something on the website that uh, it tells what songs are in there. I don't know. And he's all bent out of shape because now being a celebrity, since he wrote the liner notes on the back of the CD, Rich Pactor, now he's getting very bent out of shape with Fat Erica. Well, you leave his breakfast burrito alone, okay, you idiot? Everything Eric put on there he got from Boca Brian. Right, so blame that uh, bald-headed geek, okay? You're always, always giving him grief anyway. He's on the way in, Boca Brian. He'll be here. Unless he stops at the gas station. Anyway, the article says the bottom line is I don't trust this president and his advisors. Not every Democrat has caved to Bush's mark. Uh, Marshall Fervor, Representative Pete Stark, makes it stunningly clear why he voted against the Iraq War Resolution. And this, um, uh, it's short, is the fiery statement delivered on the floor of the House Wednesday by California veteran Democrat Representative Pete Stark. You go, Pete. Oh! Let's hear it for Pete. He says, Mr. Speaker, I rise in opposition to this resolution authorizing military force against Iraq. I'm deeply troubled that lives may be lost without a meaningful attempt to bring Iraq into compliance without, with U.N. resolutions through careful and cautious diplomacy. The bottom line is I don't trust this president and his advisors. Make no mistake, we're voting on a resolution that grants total authority to the president who wants to invade a sovereign nation without any specific act of provocation. This would authorize the United States to act as the aggressor for the first time in our history. It sets a precedent for our nation or any nation to exercise brute force anywhere in the world without regard to international law or international consensus. Congress must not walk in lockstep behind a president who's been so callous to proceed without reservation as if war was of no real consequence. You know, three years ago in December, Molly Ivins, an observer of Texas politics, wrote, For an upper-class white boy, Bush comes on way too hard, at a guess to make up for being an upper-class white boy. Somebody, she said, should be worrying about how all this could affect his handling of future encounters with some Saddam Hussein. How prophetic, Ms. Hi uh, Ivins. I think it's supposed to say with someone like, but again, it's chopped off here at the edges. Let us not forget that our president, our commander-in-chief, has no experience with or knowledge of war. In fact, he admits that he was at best, at best ambivalent about the Vietnam War. He skirted his own military service and then failed to serve out his time in the National Guard. And he reported years later that at the height of the conflict in 1968, he didn't notice any heavy stuff going on. He didn't notice any heavy stuff. You want to know why? Because maybe some of the heavy stuff was going up his nose. So we have a president who thinks foreign territory is the opponent's dugout and cashmere is a sweater. What is most unconscionable is that there's not a shred, of, a shred of evidence to justify the certain loss of life. Do the generalized threats and half-truths of this administration give any one of us in Congress the confidence to tell a mother or father or family that the loss of their child or loved one was in the name of a just cause? Is the president's need for revenge for the threat once posed to his father enough to justify the death of any American? I submit the answer to these questions is no. Aside from the wisdom of going to war as Bush wants, I'm troubled by who pays for his capricious adventure into world domination. The administration admits to a cost of around $200 billion. Now wealthy individuals won't pay. They've got big tax cuts already. Corporations won't pay. They'll cook the books and move overseas and then send their contributions to Republicans. Rich kids won't pay. Their daddies will get the deferments as Big George did for W. Who then will pay? School kids will pay. There'll be no money to keep them from being left behind, way behind. Seniors will pay. They'll pay big time as the Republicans privatize Social Security and rob the trust fund to pay for the capricious war. Medicare will be curtailed and drugs will be more unaffordable. And there won't be any money for a drug benefit because Bush will spend it all on the war. Working folks will pay through loss of job security and bargaining rights. Our grandchildren will pay through the degradation of our air and water quality. And the entire nation will pay as Bush continues to destroy civil rights, women's rights, and religious freedom in a rush to phony patriotism and courting the messianic Pharisees of the religious right. 
The questions before the members of this House and to all Americans are immense, but there are clear answers. America is not con are currently confronted by a genuine, proven, imminent threat from Iraq. Their call for war is wrong. And what greatly saddens me at this point in our history is my fear that this entire spectacle has not been planned for the well-being of the world, but for the short-term political interest of our president. Now, I'm also greatly disturbed that many Democratic leaders have also put political calculation ahead of the president's accountability to truth and reason by supporting this resolution. But I conclude that the only answer is to vote no on the resolution before us, said the Democratic Representative Pete Stark on Wednesday. Nice going there, Pete. You go. Absolutely correct, sir. Right on, sweetheart. Oh, yeah, but it's so boring here. Yeah. No, it's better hearing Lardass and all those other right-wing, those goose-stepping Nazis on the air. Much better hearing them sucking up and making crap up as they go along. God forbid that anybody should deal with the truth, because just like Jack Nicholson said, something about uh, the truth. Something about uh, Tom Cruise and Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Oh, and this Ben Affleck uh, J-Lo thing. Is there anybody who believes that one? What did I tell you about her? Whatever. Yeah, you did. And what did I tell you about him and uh, Matt Damon? Which yeah, you, yeah, I, I never did. believed that. And I sure would like to watch. It's, uh, <laughs> where is the cop? I'm so disorganized here, man. This this place sucks, you know, it really does. This is bad. And they're saying that the show, the tone is better from Miami? You should live so long, folks. You better you better learn your tones, mister, because you sure as hell don't. Idiotic. Right. Ten past noon at 560 WQM, we all have different lifestyles, therefore need different products to make us feel better and be healthier. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil combined with good stuff. Vitamins are in there, minerals, herbals, and other nutrients scientifically designed to provide natural nutrition solutions to help you support specific health needs. Look for Oleomed's three new formulas, which are sleep, weight management, and coenzyme Q10, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. Oleomed's an outstanding new product. It's good for you. It's available at Publix and Eckerd's and Walgreens. If you'd like more information, call them toll-free, 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-653-6633. You can also order Oleomed products online at oleomedamerica.com. And if you visit your nearest Publix and purchase an Oleomed product in Broward and Dade counties, you can receive a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll oh! while supplies last. Don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sportstown every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing a home game. Pick up free Oleomed samples and product information. Start feeling healthy again like as in right now. Get some Oleomed and start feeling great today. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. Bang you in the butt, honey. He got Italian suits, custom made cowboy boots, and Italian.
they're all in there. And, of course, that way we want to make them uh, buy them. It's uh, 1215 at 560 WQM. Boca Brian's here with a lovely hairpiece, by the way. That thing is just uh, incredible. It's a piece of hair, all right. It's a piece of something. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you know something that's kind of the color of a piece of something? Brindle. 359 votes on the survey so far about the tone of the world-famous Neil Rogers shows. We try to get this tone straightened out, okay? Oh, I know a tone they'd like. Yeah. How's that tone? Oh, that's a Sandy Payton tone. Uh, it makes no difference where he's doing this. See, the, the whole, I don't think the question was phrased properly. You think? Sure. It makes no difference where he is, 156. The tone sucks. We want the callers back. 147, still 41%. I think about 100 of those are crank. Best from Miami, 30. Best from Toronto, 20. And best from Amsterdam, 4. I guess if I would have done more shows from Amsterdam, they would have had more votes, right? No question. Although it couldn't have been very good because I was uh, breathing that awful air there and choking and gagging, at least on two of those shows, in between having a flu and being sick all of the time. What what is that? Is that Petey Lenny's hand in the door? How could you know that? What other asshole would be doing something like that? What other moron would be doing that instead of outselling the show since we have so many avails on this show? What other schmuck would be having a stick? Get him out of here. Slam the door on his hand, okay, Boca? Slam the door on his thing. Schmuck. You see, you know what the problem is? I gave him a little bit of encouragement because the joke about the, the about the skunk in Screw-Ann's crotch, that was kind of amusing, you know? That isn't quite the way he told it, but I, yeah. I, I still think it, it's old. It is old, but it's kind of cute. What about the smell? He won't mind. You know, what, what's wrong with that? Okay, this is not even slightly amusing, this thing. And this is Skippy the Clown. What, what, what is this supposed to mean? Skippy the Clown. I know we got Skippy in the sale. Is that what it's supposed to be? I, I guess. What's the sign on his hand there? Please help me. I see. And it looks to me like he's been getting plenty of assistance, probably from that little uh, idiot Todd Dreck. In fact, Todd's probably had him over at Steve M's house in Davie. Maybe uh, this weekend you can take Boca Brian over to Steve M's uh, house in Davie. Petey I probably knew where it you. was. Well, Petey, Petey will tell you. In fact, you should, when he opened the door there, you should say, give us some important stuff, like Steve M's phone number. Now, how about this? New Hampshire Diocese will pay. I already had this story on. You folks got to listen a little more closely, okay? You're wasting our fax paper with stories I already had. I appreciate it very, very much. Not, but uh, cut the crap. And here's a fax for George. See, I see the kind of stuff that goes on when I'm not here now because they think you're the one that's peeling these faxes off the machine. George ain't in here, okay? He's back in his little room there, his broom closet with Volker Bryan in his wig, which is starting to move around a little bit. Now, is that the same old one that you just gave a haircut to? Yes. Oh. I thought the old one was, like, more blondish. No, no, that, that's it. Maybe kind of like give it a little <laughs> dunk in a septic tank to change the color a little bit. That, that's a... <laughs> oh, that's it. That is you, man. That is you. Pick up your head a second. Oh, is that... <laughs> it's Ted Koppel. It is sensational. Ted Koppel and Howdy Doody. All wrapped into one ball of schmutz. Anyway, this is from DJ Valentine. Oh, good guy. Says uh, this website, I get a majority of my info, superherohype.com. Well, what is this baby crap all about? Oh, it's about the uh, the poll that we did. Oh. So there's a fax for it. It'll be in the wastebasket if you want okay. to take it out. There's one for Defoe in there, too. Well, here's a bad story. This is depressing. Although the guy was pretty old, you know. A real estate lawyer with oral and bladder cancer died less than three months after winning a $37.5 million jury award against three major, uh, major cigarette makers. He was 77. This is from Coral Gables, no less. 
John Lukacs, who testified in June, knowing he wouldn't li likely live long enough to see any of the award, died at his home Monday. And here it is Friday, and the AP is just getting around to this now. The award came in a compensatory damage claim that grew out of a $145 billion punitive verdict covering all six Florida smokers two years ago. These multi-billion dollar claims against the tobacco companies, this is ludicrous. And I'll say it again. If only... I mean, this shows you the kind of Looney Tunes country we live in. Every day, that article yesterday, or Wednesday, in USA Today, about fat. And then we had it again on the show yesterday. More and more people were getting fatter by the second. You could almost see us, like, expanding right before your eyes. If they would only force the food manufacturers to put on the goddamn labels, the dangers and the skull and crossbones on there, and the sugar and all the uh, hidden carbs and all the other crap, the refined carbohydrate garbage that's making everybody balloon up to, like, gigantic size. Then there might be some credibility there, but they don't give a crap. In addition to which, last time I checked, cigarettes aren't illegal. They're not illegal. So how can you sue somebody for a product that's been approved for commercial sale and then say, well, you killed us and you didn't uh, give us enough information. If you're that stupid that you can't read the warning on there, it says, if you smoke this faggot, you're going to die. If that isn't enough for you, then uh, what can I tell you? I have no sympathy for those people. It's like people that eat like tubs and tubs of Nestle's uh, turtle ice cream, you know. Tastes good. Tastes a lot better than them damn stinky faggots that people are smoking. Although I will say this cigar, considering how old this is, you know. Yeah, it's been in there. Been in there for, for a coon's age. Because we haven't had any new cigars. In long. We don't have any cigar sponsors on this show anymore, and I won't take any. Not that we're you know, going to get any, but I'm just, I wouldn't take any. Because smoking anything is bad for you, other than that wicked weed. Now, we will have Steve M. doing some spots starting next week, I think. I think Todd traded it out. And you know what they say about Todd. He's stupid. Mm-hmm. Five, six, seven. Let's take some more calls this hour, okay? We had a couple of calls in there. I really got this show going. Although, before we do that, I got a very... How did I save this till this far down? Radio sit to get a major tune-up. Are you familiar with this? No. Well, this you better listen very carefully, and you have to have something put in your new contract about this, which you're not going to get. I mean, you'll get someday. Maybe. Federal regulators gave the go-ahead yesterday for digital radio. Oh, yes, I did hear about that. Sorry. Approving a plan to modernize the medium with better sound and new features for personalized programming. The FCC voted four to zip oh! to adopt digital radio technology created by Ibiquity Digital Corporation. Is that how they pronounce it? Because it's got like a little I, you know, like Ivotronic. And I Ibiquity Digital Corp., a company backed by large broadcasters including ABC and Viacom, Grave Robbers. CBSNews.com is part of Viacom, and this, of course, is on their website. The commissioner is enthusiastic. By the way, did I mention Netscape sucks? All you people out there, Netscape blows. Internet Explorer is the way to go. Right? Right on. Wetscape. Uh, wet, Wetscape. Wucks. Sucks. It says we don't get many items where it's a win-win for everyone. There's no downside. Commissioner Kathleen Abernathy be saying. Radio has changed little for decades. Oh, that's what you think. Radio has changed little for decades. Thanks to this very same FCC, it's become a, uh, a sewer like a septic tank. FCC Chairman Michael Powell said he's heartened that such a dramatic leap forward in technology is in store. Before I continue with this, which is very important for people since they're listening to the radio right now, I'm assuming, or listening on the Internet, but same difference. Uh, so what did the Beast tell you while he was in there eating his lunch? About what? No, come on. Don't, no, don't play. He must have told you some, some juicy stuff. Not on and this like, occasion, Like Jeb no. Bush would say, some juicy details, in quotes. No on this juicy occasion, he didn't say anything about that issue. No? No. Well, you're not a very good detective then, man. We, we were eating. He was eating. That's why you'll never be real fat. See? You'll never be a fat person. Because fat people, just like me, I can do the show, I can eat, I can like uh, tell gossip, I, uh, a drive million different car. things at the same time. And keep, oh, drive the car, take a dump, I mean, anything, you name it. 
<laughs> no, and I've ne I never have done that, but I, I'm sure that I know fat people. I don't want to mention any names <laughs> in this building. You can just see them in there with a bucket of chicken, you know, not between their knees. <laughs> On the TV tray? Yeah, no, no, just a bucket in between their knees. You have to kind of like spread your legs anyway when you're taking a good job. <laughs> I can see them in there. And the colonel is smiling back at him. He's he is holding his nose though. <laughs> he's got a he's got a clothespin on his nose. The old colonel. And he said, "Oh, it's finger looking good." <laughs> oh man, you can't you can't envision fat boy in there with a oh, couple oh, of Big yeah. Macs. <laughs> I can see it right and now. Turkey leg. Yeah, a turkey leg would be good. <laughs> I can't envision it right now. Anyway. I'm thrilled and excited to see Radio Wagon Train finally get to the other side, Michael Powell said. Of course, the son of, uh, what's his name there, Colin, uh, Adam Clayton, whatever his name is. The approval allows radio stations to immediately begin broadcasting digital signals, though it will probably take a few months for the first stations to start. And you can believe if it costs money, we're not going to be one of them. Digital radio could be the biggest update to the medium since the debut of FM in the 40s, said Ken Mueller, radio curator at the Museum of TV and Radio in New York. Mueller said that like FM, which didn't become popular until the 70s, it's going to take quite some time to phase in. And it's going to take a long time here because the Beasleys will have to raise the money. We're not talking, th and they'll have to sell the banjos first. We're not talking 30 years here, he said, but you have to wait till people start getting receivers to pick this up. Manufacturers plan to sell digital receivers for car stereos and high-end audio systems starting next year, adding about 100 bucks to the price of a traditional unit. It's unclear how soon digital technology will be included in portable radios. The ubiquity technology allows broadcasters to use their existing airwaves, sending digital analog radio simultaneously. Since stations won't need a new place in the radio band and there's no cutoff date for analog service, listeners without digital radios won't have their favorite stations go silent. If you had a black-and-white TV and your local stations started broadcasting in color, your black-and-white TV still worked, said the president of uh, Ubiquity, Robert Struble. But if you wanted the high-quality new picture, you've got to go buy color TV. It's the same with digital radio. And basically what it says is new technology will bring CD-quality sound to FM broadcast and an end of static for AM and new data features. How do you like that? Like it'll have the age. When you're listening to the morning show, it'll have like a 73 on a, on a uh, screen. That'll be Moe's age. Crawl. Of course, I don't know if this stuff's going to be available if Moe's still be here by that time. Couple of months. No, oh, now Duff did come in here and write the book. I like that. The twenty-first was I right? Did I have the yes, right date? Yes, you nailed it. Monday the twenty-first, which today let's see, it's a week from Monday will be the summer book. Oh, oh hallelujah! That I'm going to make a big project out of that boy. Think or swim. And in fact, that's probably what uh, Greg is dragging his feet on your contract about. He wants to see what kind of a number you had. You know what I'm saying? So you better hope that I bailed your ass out in September. You better hope we had a big September to bail your little uh, guava-eating, uh, spick-eating ass. Because otherwise, uh, we got real tourists. And, of course, that morning show, if that thing continues to, to tank, I think somebody might say to Mo, hey, tanks, but no tanks. See ya. See you at Olinda Marais house. If he says that again this weekend, I'm gonna, I, may, I may take a couple of weeks off as a matter of protest. See, all those guinea grinders out there, they're all bent out of shape about that silly thing with the Sopranos marching in that parade. They ought to be upset that here's a guy supposed to know something about football, and he's calling him Olindo Mare. You better learn your Italian, mister, because you sure don't. Idiotic. Right. Olindo Mare, my ass. And by the way, Hank said he knows Olindo's sister or something like that, and uh, it's Mare. Everybody, everybody knows that. Boca Brian's going to be doing Volare. We're going to have that song in here in a couple of days. You got it? He's working on it. Volare. With Domenico Madugno. I'm sorry, Domenico Madugno. 
1227 at 560 WQM. Is there anybody in the world who isn't plunging their guts at VIPsportsbook.com? How about Gary Sarner? He's an asshole. Well, let me tell you, you're missing out on a really fine sportsbook if that's the case. They're really fine. You hear a lot of ads these days, but you need to do some research before you put your hard-earned cash down at some unstable third-world sportsbook, say like in Hialeah Gardens, some awful place like that. Let me help you out. VIPsportsbook.com is the only book to be unanimously endorsed by the industry watchdogs. They're Dutch-based and one of the first online sportsbooks ever come down the pike. And, of course, if that day comes when you go on a roll of a lifetime, at that time you want to be with the best sports book going, which, of course, unquestionably is VIPsportsbook.com. And with the football season going big and now hockey starting again, you want to plunge at VIPsportsbook.com, open your account online, and get yourself that 15% cash sign-up bonus. And don't forget, VIPsportsbook.com offers you the highest parlay odds you'll find anywhere up to 2,000 to 1. So get over to VIPsportsbook.com and plunge into a book with class that you can trust. Call toll-free to sign up, 1-866-VIP-BETS. That's 1-866-VIP-BETS, or sign up online and get you that 15% cash bonus. Just go to VIPsportsbook.com online and uh, click it on. VIPsportsbook.com, where you be the VIP. Live and local, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. The butt, I smell it. Deep Negro. Fooling. Foul is the masses, Negro. Neat, Negro. Fooling foul be a right wing schwoe. Shining the shoes of white man Bush. Fooling foul is the masses, Negro. Spreads his cheeks to kiss his tush. Fooling foul is the masses, Negro. Stepping and fetching at the whim of his white master. Owl is the Mercer's Negro. Takes us to the needs of the globalist crackers. Owl is the Mercer's Negro. And Uncle Tom's subservient cool. Oh, Owl is the Mercer's Negro. A twistling black say poop lip spook. Owl is the Mercer's Negro. Yo! Coolin' be, coolin' be, coolin' be, coolin' be a slave Negro. Yes, coolin' foul, oh, that would he be do. <laughs> All right. It's got 16 stars. It's number one with 14 bullets already. 1233 at 560. You know what else is on here that we've been looking for? And Mo would be proud of this. Your organ grinder. For all you train monkeys that's, that's out the one without the monkey. Oh, is there one with the monkey? Oh. Yeah. I like the monkey one better. Well, maybe we'll take a poll on that. Which one do you like better? With or without? Roar! It smelled like a skunk. That's what Roy said. 27 to 1 at 560 WQAM. Three, 385 votes on that poll today, baby. And they say the tone, they like the tone right now. We like the way that tone sounds right right about there. Wow, do you hear that? That thing was piercing. Crank it up a couple of notches. Okay, now, see, I said we would take some more calls, and there aren't any calls. Didn't I just say that a minute ago? I said, let's take some more calls this hour. We got 40% even, even 40% want calls. The tone sucks. We want the callers back. Where are they? Can't take no calls if we don't have any. 5670560. Oh, Pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon line. How about those Panthers? Oh! <laughs> yeah, let's do that guy a favor. Do some Panther talk. Then we won't be knocking uh, El Presidente so much. 
By the way, when cigarettes become harder to buy, more miners steal them. I just thought I'd mention that. Gee, what a shock. Yeah, isn't that surprising? WQAM. How you doing? Okay, great. <laughs> hey, please stop all the reading. Oh, my God. I've been listening to you for 20 years. Sometimes it gets a little ponderous. A little bit. Oh, how about, you know, day-old news and you're reading it. I mean, I'm not slamming you. I love you. Yeah. And I'm still here. But, but you got to mix it up a little bit, a little bit more. Well, that's what I'm doing today. I'm mixing it up. Okay, just because you get a bad call doesn't mean we're all fuck out here, you know. We still listen. I still love your show. I don't agree with your politics all the time. I put up with all the left-wing leanings and the bashing of the right. Well, well wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. You, put, you put up with the left-wing? I don't understand what that means. In other words, I'm yeah, gonna... no. The show's very political now, don't you think? Yeah, well, that's because there's a lot of heavy-duty crap going on. That's well, right. It, yeah, in your eyes, but you know the listeners are. Well, now, wait, 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 wait. So, in other words, the fact that we're about to attack Iraq, the fact that we have all this economic turmoil going on and people losing their life savings, in other words, it's only in my eyes that there's heavy-duty crap going on. Maybe I invented hey, it. Neil, 13 years ago, you were behind the Gulf War. And I used to listen to you. Then I was behind the to... Gulf War because they invaded another country. They invaded Kuwait. What the hell has that got to? And in other and, words, and it, in other words, so 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 the fact that we were against them invading another country, now we should support this country invading them. Is that the idea? So and, they invade. In my eyes, they invaded us on September 11th, and they changed. Wait, wait a minute. What what evidence have you got that that Iraq had anything to show? You're an idiot. Okay, you're just another one of them Bush quizlings, and you're another good one. I'm glad I took those two calls there. What a job they've done. Yeah. No, it's not a quite No, you don't understand. It, he didn't have to do any job. In other words, lead us to the water and we'll suck it up, even if we know there's arsenic in it, because we want to believe whatever you tell us. There, there is absolutely no evidence. Fifteen of the 19 goddamn hijackers on 9-11 came from Saudi Arabia, our good allies, our good close personal buddies with a bad, uh, bad schmatas on their heads. Man, oh, man, there wasn't one single Iraqi involved in that attack. There was no Iraq attack. Saddam isn't that kind of Muslim. He, in fact, if you if you if you really uh, it's a little bit too complex for you, sir. Just take a look at the uh, pictures, okay? Pictures should be easy for you to figure out. Look at the picture of Saddam with a little mustache. There's no beard. There's not 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 that kind of headgear, okay? That's all you have to see. No beard, no ashmata headgear, and then you know he's not one of them. He don't want anything to do with them. They want to kill him. They they would love to kill him. And they would also love for us to go in there and start this hysteria to get all their fanatical Muslims all over the world whipped up into a frenzy. This is the this will be the culmination of just exactly what Osama Yamama hoped to start with 9/11. That's exactly what he wanted. And assholes like you are saying, "Oh yeah, well this is revenge for." See, this is what they're playing on. This is what the the fascists up there are playing on is your emotion, and that's why this last September 11th, the one year anniversary, boy, they played it up to the hilt. Played it to the hilt. And here's Carl Rove says, well, you don't try to sell a new product in August. What a great line that was. What a what a rare moment of honesty. honesty, yeah. Slipped right out. Don't try to sell a new product. So in other words, come 9-11, though, in September, when, you know, the dog days of summer are over and everybody's back to business, that's when you start pushing heavy duty and brainwashing the masses out there because the masses, most of them, are just like this guy. See, the people that don't want me to read this stuff are the people he puts up with my left-wing leanings. I love that. I'm not any more left-wing now than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever you're talking about. It's just that I don't have, I don't feel that I'm doing any kind of anything productive sitting here talking to a bunch of bozos every day saying, oh, Joey's a douchebag. There's nothing interesting about that. It's not productive. It's not interesting. It's not amusing. It's not a radio show, okay? And I'll guarantee you, every day at 1 o'clock in Toronto, when the end of that show came, when I was up there, I felt like I had just accomplished something worthwhile. 
And yeah, it's ponderous reading. I understand that. But I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not that kind of a, I'm, first of all, there aren't that many hours in the day. I don't have this vast staff. I wonder my friend Lynn Samuels, I, I, I don't know what kind of people she's got working, but they gotta be the best because her website is sensational. It's all her, Brian says. Is it really? She's phenomenal. She, she must not sleep. She must spend every waking moment looking for the most incredible stories and she puts the links to them right there. I, I probably get more stuff off her website than anything else. Stuff that people need to know. But I'm just, I don't have the time in the day to do the research, to be able to pour through all of this stuff, and then to be able to articulate and go into a rambling commentary on each story. This is why I'm reading them. In addition to which, most of the people whose columns I'm reading, like Nick Kristoff and all these other people, are, and Molly Ivins, are a hell of a lot more articulate and brilliant than I'll ever be. Where are they going to hear that on the broadcast media? They're not, and they're, and they're not going to read it either, this business about day-old news. Where the hell are we getting day-old news? What's day-old? What is this man talking about? He's just making crap up like that they attacked Because he doesn't want to hear it, okay? I'm telling you right now, sir. In fact, it's the noon to one hour. This is the hour when all good right-wingers like you are supposed to be listening to that deaf fat ass over there on 9 or whatever he's on, 610. Or to that uh, real lunatic, that self-aggrandizing putz who hasn't got it. I don't think he even spelled his name right because he's just a master of misinformation, an egotistical pompous little ass, Bill O'Reilly. But there you got all the right-wingers you could want. They're all over the place. The supposedly liberal media that we got, all that anybody has got to do is, is say anything in disagreement with this fascist regime we got in power now, who stole a frickin' election right here in your backyards, by the way. That wasn't good enough to convince you. God forbid anybody should. And, and like that one guy said, oh, I couldn't relate to the people who voted for Gore. Well, good, I'll see you in church, okay? I'll see you at Armageddon time. And believe me, I'm not buying your crap, okay? It'll probably won't be Jesus either. It'll be Cat Stevens dressed up as Jesus. You're not fooling me. Oh, yeah. Why the hell not? He's he's into buying whatever new piece of crap is popular at the moment. Jesus? Cat Stevens and Jesus. He's even big on those uh, Chinese. He said the dog is in the kettle. That's his new song coming out. 20 till 1. and Or is it the skunk is in the kettle? That's its grand's house. <laughs> oh, man. That was P.D. Lenny who said that, screw it, not me. I'm not the one who said P.D. Lenny said that. He said something really stinks. Something, uh, what's that line in the song? Something ain't right here, something uh, in the screw answer. Well, we'll play it. We'll find out. By the way, speaking of the Chinese, folks, our good personal friends, how about the Emerald Coast Chinese Buffet? There are no dogs on the menu there, I'll tell you. Richard wouldn't put up with that. There's maybe some dogs in there eating. In fact, some of those big porkers who always show up at all the buffets, they're there. And the reason that they're there is because they know the food is sensational at the Emerald Coast, whether you're skinny, whether you're already a big tub of crap, or whether you're just in between. All you have to do to eat the Emerald Coast is be hungry for some delicious food. they got a real feast waiting for you. they got three locations, Sunrise, North Miami Beach, and the newest location in prestigious Pembroke Pines. Start your uh, meal with a choice of six different soups. Then sample dozens and dozens of succulent entrees, Oriental Surf and Turf on the weekend with Alaskan King Crab and New York Strip made to order. And then, of course, be sure and check out that gourmet center, a sizzling Asian grill featuring teriyaki steak, shrimp, chicken, seafood, and hand-carved prime rib. It is unbelievable. The Emerald Coast Buffet promotes healthy living, too, because they cook all of their fine cuisine with cholesterol-free oils. And there's no crap there. There's no MSG. There's no, uh... I just told him the joke. About what? Oh, about the skunk? And their buffet features a full salad bar, a new sushi bar, and fresh shrimp cocktail, too. One requirement, try to save some room for desserts or take along your crowbar to open up your pants because the dessert bar is amazing, featuring pies and cakes, pastry, uh, uh, pastries, ice cream with all your favorite toppings, and fresh fruit. It's a perfect end to an unforgettable meal. Three locations, like I said, you'll find at Emerald Coast in Sunrise, Pine Island at 44th, 
Collins Avenue, just north of 163rd North Miami Beach, and at the intersection of Flamingo and Pembroke Roads in Pembroke Pines. They accept reservations, takeout and delivery available as well. Call 954-572-3822. We even have the number right now. Nice going there, Skippy. 954-572-3822 for more info on the amazing Emerald Coast and look for the new Oriental Chicken Salad, too. Friday, you bastard. Until one at five sixty. I always wonder what that white strap was down her right leg. You know, screw in. Here's a fact that says, don't listen to that guy. Your show rocks with no callers. All the articles you read are interesting and informative. It's nice to hear articles from other newspapers and such. Thanks and keep it up. Love, Aja. How do you like that? Amen. Or somebody out there is a happy camper. See, I don't take any of this very seriously because you know anything that is good, this town don't like it in the first place. You know. And if it sucks, it's just like Pavel Bury and the Panthers. Oh, we didn't need him. He had a bad attitude. Blah, blah, blah. You're right. Right. And then we got people writing crap in the newspapers. They wouldn't know a hockey puck if you stuck a dozen of them up their ass like Dave Hyde and Dave Joseph. Who the hell are you guys kidding, man? I've read better stuff in on, uh, the toilet paper from Germany I was reading about the other day. Remember that? I've read better stuff on there and had better bratwurst. Who are you guys kidding, man? Strictly the bushes. That That's the amazing thing, boy. You go and you live somewhere else for a few months, and you come back here and you realize Bush League is, is an... It's, to use that term in regard to this town is like uh, an insult to all Bush League places. Just incredible. Religious Big Brother contestants will sacrifice goat and fast for a week. Housemates in a religious version of Big Brother in Holland will set aside tasks such as sacrificing a goat and fasting for a week. The program, provisionally titled The Abbey, will bring 12 people of different religions together in an old abbey for 13 weeks. And by the way, before I go on with this story, that guy and the other one before also, the reason he's not listening to Lardass and not listening to Bill O'Reilly and not listening to G. Gordon Liddy is because of the fact he couldn't turn the show off if you paid him. He's obsessed with this program. And if you think they give me a, by sucking up to me, well, I've listened to you for years and I really like you, but, 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 too bad. I'm not saying what you want me to say. I'm saying they pay me to say what I want to say, what I think, not what you think. That's another reason why the callers suck, okay? Producers told De Morgan the program is intended to highlight the need for more, uh, uh De Morgan, I'm sorry, 
for more dialogue between different religions, and they hope it will also encourage people to be more spiritual and seek a deeper meaning to their lives. Dutch station NCRV hopes it will be screened next year. There will be a weekly program showing highlights from the Abbey plus brief daily updates. A spokesman said the participants will not be filmed for 24 hours a day. They'll get some privacy, but they'll have to perform some tasks as the ritual killing of a goat and fasting for a week. For a week. Woo! Man. Of course, you know, in Holland, that's easy because the food's so bad anyway. Awful. So I've heard. Oh, and by the way, I'm coming back on Air Canada. And evidently in the, the magazine they got, you know, all the airlines have their crappy magazine. They're doing a series of comparisons between each issue, two cities, two major cities around the world. And this one was Montreal against Amsterdam. And so far, all the cities they've rated, France, Paris was number one, which... Oh, and then uh, Amsterdam was just behind. New York was way behind that. And then uh, Montreal was way, way behind. But the one thing I wasn't aware of is the fact, are you aware that the French fries are double deep fried? Where? In Holland. Mm. The ones that they all rave about. They're oh, that's oh. the biggest thing going over there. That's because the rest of the food sucks so bad. But they're double deep fried. So, you, cafes. Didn't, didn't I tell you about the thing that Rimmer got that day, a fries on the dam rack? I, it was enough to feed the Chinese army. And uh, I think he finished it. Oh, man. And you can put whatever you like on there. they got a whole fried. bunch of different uh, toppings that you can put on there. they got, like, the brown sauce and the mayonnaise and the uh, different stuff. Curry. Kid Curry. Saw Kid Curry before, by the way. He's glad to have me back, I guess, because he liked the cigar smoke. Yeah, that's right. A couple of about that, by the way. I beg your pardon? A couple people mentioned S it. Said what? Said what a wonderful aroma as they walked past the door. Well, here's another one for you. <laughs> it's a good thing they didn't come in here right now because, well, you know, I had... I had that little bit of a, that omelet this morning. It was very yeah. good from Balance for Life, that mushroom omelet. But, you know, those egg farts, man. Egg. I, I, he, he, he thought I was joking. I told him before when he was in here, you better get out of here quickly because I just fart real bad. And since you left, believe me, there have been more on the way. Just deposited right in this seat of mine. Yeah, flipped his wig from that, <laughs> using it as a face mask. You know something? That's right. If we ever have a chemical or biological attack, Volker Bryan will be safe if he's walking around with that piece. It'll double as a face mask. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing gets you that, baby. I'll tell you that. Woo! Four hundred five votes on our poll. The tone of Neil's show is: it makes no difference to me where he be doing a show. Hundred and seventy-three said that. Forty-three percent. The tone sucks. We want the callers back. One hundred and sixty-two. Forty percent. Uh, it's best from Miami. Forty. Best from Toronto. Twenty-two. And best from Amsterdam. Six. With those double uh, deep-fried uh, fries. Friday, you bastard. Oh, fat ass Rosie, please go away. Find a new way to attack the buffet. Go home and eat your ho hos till you explode. Just like your fat, fat, chudding ladies Have to buy two seats on a plane Smelling your fingers that have yellow stain From Cheetos, can't see your toes Faster piggy poo nose Proud to be fat, disgusting and pasty Oi, oi You make the shudded women smile they like a gal who's fat and sassy. 
Pink smelly fat, so repulsive and mild. Your body cheese smells like a crapper. After it was occupied by Ed Asner, need a shoehorn to get into your car. Cause you're too goddamn wide. Oink and squeal, oink and squeal, oink and squeal, fat lady. Living with your lover, let's be. Slobbering and snorting the tree between her knees. Mashed potato yeast. Smells fishy to me. Napping up a tuna that's moist and tasty. Now, what did you just tell me? I, I wasn't following that at oh, all. I was trying to go fast because the bit was ending. Who was doing this? Howard. Mo? Yeah. He, he said, shut the F up during a dolphin banquet? Or something like that, whatever it was, the Playboy party. Well, that's very unprofessional if you ask me. Almost as unprofessional as that little fat turd, that ball of crap, the beast. Don't ever let him on the air, go, go, whatever your name is. What was it, Felcher? Something like that. Here's an article, kind of cute if we have time, I hope. Frank Serabino in the uh, Palm Beach Post, I can barely understand nudity, nudity laws, he says. I'm a student of nudity laws, which... Never fail to be entertaining in vocabulary building. We've been lucky here in Palm Beach County to be treated to some gems. The town of Palm Beach fought in vain for seven years to keep an ordinance that prohibited men from jogging topless. And a legal case over a topless donut shop in West Palm Beach, remember that? Led to sure some did. groundbreaking discussions of the donut as entertainment. Nudity laws are wonderfully verbose. You might even say discernibly turgid with words. Palm Beach County's ordinance defines the limits of breast exposure in a sentence that carries on for a dizzying 79 words. But I got to hand it to Daytona Beach, which has just passed a city nudity ordinance that sets fractional standards. Daytona's law will require women to cover at least one quarter of their breast and everyone to cover at least one third of their rear ends while in public. Daytona, a frequent destination for bikers, college kids, and other hellraisers, will begin finding public uh, flashes as much as 500 bucks. The law goes into effect next week, just in time for the rowdy Biketoberfest. This will obviously put a damper on the annual biker tradition of nude wrestling in Nevada coleslaw. When nude coleslaw wrestling is outlawed, only outlaws will wrestle nude in coleslaw, Daytona News Journal columnist Mark Lane told me, lamenting the turn of events in his city. But I was more intrigued by the fractional definitions of nudity. You see, the only certain thing about nudity laws is the creative ways people find to circumvent them. For example, when Seminole County passed an anti-nudity club three years ago, a local strip club got around it by performing Shakespeare's Macbeth in the nude, thereby using a First Amendment exemption for nudity that occurs while performing a work of art. So I began wondering how these nude fractions in Daytona might play out. Let's say you cover half of one breast, a quarter more than required. Does this mean you get to leave the other one bare? In other words, will nudity be transferable like unused cell phone minutes can be under some calling plans? I got a copy of the ordinance which was specific to the point of being undecipherable. Buttocks means the area at the rear of the body which lies between two imaginary lines running parallel to the ground when a person is standing. We're just getting started. The first or top such line drawn at the top of the cleavage of the nates and the second or bottom line drawn at the lowest visible point of this cleavage or the lowest point of the curvature of the fleshy protuberance, whichever is lower, and between two imaginary lines on each side of the body, which lines are per perpendicular to the ground, and to the horizontal lines described above, and which perpendicular lines are drawn through the point at which each nate meets the other side of the leg. He's not. That's the end, literally. Now, as long as you can figure that out, how to cover a third of that, you'll be fine in Daytona, he writes in today's Palm Beach Post. Mad Dog's coming along next, fully clothed, thank goodness. And then we got Hank and Eddie K. thank God, covered up uh, amply at Calder this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And then we got all that football crap coming up. Bye, bye, bye! The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. It just felt like a prick.